0: You're listening to the only place on the internet that offers the perfect blend of high-quality premium cigars and cryptocurrency news and commentary. Welcome to Cigars and Crypto. Now here's your host, Invest Noir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Cigars and Crypto. You know who it is. It's your boy, Noir. Let me tell you, I've got a real cool dude with me today, David Lebowitz. He is the VP of Business Development with Everypedia. Good evening to
1: you, sir. How are you today? Good evening. I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on, Noir. I'm really excited to be here. No problem, my friend. I appreciate you accepting my
0: invitation. I am not one to mince words, so let's jump right in. David, tell me about yourself. How did
1: you get into crypto? How I got into crypto? Um, That's actually a great question. So I remember hearing about, you know, Bitcoin and crypto when I was younger, like around 2010, 2011. I remember the first thing I I ever read was WikiLeaks accepting Bitcoin donations. I'm like, what's Bitcoin? And I remember there's a, I, I was working as a busboy at a country club at the time, and I saved a bunch of money and I was like, should I buy silver or should I buy Bitcoin? And Bitcoin kind of just like sketched me out. So I just went with the silver. Who knows where I would have been if I picked the Bitcoin instead. But, you know, I heard about it then. I heard about it again in like 2013, 2014 when Bitcoin made a run to a thousand. I tried to, I remember trying to learn about it in my college dorm room, trying to listen to podcasts. And I couldn't understand it for the hell of me. Uh, so then that came and went. And then in uh, 2017, um, I was, you know, working at Everpedia. I I joined Everpedia the year before in 2016 when it was probably about only eight people working there. I was just a writer. I was an executive editor uh, creating encyclopedia articles uh, about up and coming topics in culture. And so since we, you know, ICO started to pop off, Ethereum was getting a lot of attention in the spring of 2017. And we were thinking like, hey, maybe if we really want to be a next generation encyclopedia, we should, you know, look towards the blockchain. And so it was from there that I was kind of just like roped into it, like it wasn't really my choice. And, you know, I just remember just, you know, hearing our founder Sam Kazemian go on these long rants about crypto and all these people that would come visit our uh, office slash uh, headquarters slash uh, apartment that we called home uh, and talk about crypto. And I was just kind of like in this like ocean of crypto, I was just absorbed by it. And I was just trying to learn as much as possible. Um, just watching as many videos as possible, um, while, you know, reading as much as I could. I even started a blog for a bit called Bitcoin for Plebs, where I kind of just like took the all the in- information I inputted in my brain and outputted like content in my like refined form in words. I, I'm a writer first and foremost, and that's how I learned best. And it and so 2017 is when I got into it. Um, at Everpedia, we eventually uh, raised uh, 30 million dollars from Galaxy Digital to uh, build the blockchain encyclopedia. And from that, you know, I'm very fortunate to, uh, you know, have been at the right place at the right time because I feel I think the number one thing when it comes to crypto is just feeling comfortable with it. It's such like such a foreign concept it's such a foreign idea. And a lot of people are are just uncomfortable with with it. And I was lucky enough to work at a company where we just kind of just went headfirst into it and I was forced to go headfirst. And now I'm very comfortable with it. And I I consider myself like I don't know everything. I, I know I know far from everything. but I know some,
0: you know, something that you just said to me kind of struck me about being in the right place at the right time. Uh, I based on what you just said to me, to me, it sounds like you put yourself in the right place at the right time. That curiosity that you had when you heard about uh, WikiLeaks accepting Bitcoin in 2010, 2011 the the decision that you made between uh two choices on sound money whether it was silver or bitcoin i think you put yourself in a position to be in the right place at the right time so i don't think it was fate i think it was a series of decisions made years before that put you and propelled you to where you are
1: absolutely like with my story um actually start at Everpedia, where how I got to where I am today actually starts in 2013. Um, I was a editor at this little website called rapgenius.com, genius.com, where you can annotate your lyrics. Um, I was just, I was really excited about the News Genius section where you can annotate the news. And I must've been like 18 at the time when I, like, when I started just to like annotate, like kind of put my own, you know, uh, you know, it contribute to the site. And so it was from there I friended all the founders on the site for no reason. And one of them was named Mabood Mogadam. Uh, he came, he was one of the founders. He left in 2014 and joined Everpedia in 2015. And because he joined Everpedia, he would share these Everpedia pages. So, you know, Everpedia were a next generation encyclopedia. At the time, Everpedia was just, you know, a normal website and kind of an alternative to Wikipedia. You know, see him post these pages, and I thought to myself, like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Like this person was just in the news and they have a wiki about them or like you no know, this artist that i just searched for doesn't have a wikipedia page but now they have an everpedia page so i was just like a fan of the site in like 2015 2016 and then like right when i graduated college four years ago he posted a status thing looking for interns hit me up if you're interested in so i hit him up um you know i showed him kind of my writing experience and then um you know i I did, and then I kind of got introduced to more of the team, was kind of contributing more to their site and making wikis. And eventually they invited me to move out to L.A. from where I was living at the time is in New Jersey. So it's so, I've, said, I've said this story like millions of times. and It still amazes me like every time I say it because it's like, damn, I really did that. I really did buy that one-way plane ticket to uh, L.A. Um, and just like lived in this apartment for two years in a bunk bed. And I really was just like making wikis for two years. And I didn't know where it was going to lead, but I knew it was the right way like my path to go is either that or just stay mediocre. And I think like one of the things like, like me personally, like one thing I know about myself is I just refuse mediocrity. I refuse to like live like that. I I expect something higher of myself. I have a very high standard for myself. And so I'm always looking ways to just like push the the line and push the boundary more and more and farther and farther and see like how far I can go and how far uh, what I can contribute to can go. Um, and uh, we've made it pretty far so, so far, I must, I must say, but we still have a long way to go. And so like what you just said, like, you know, putting yourself in the position, um, it's, all, it's all about that. Like the universe is just time and space. The universe is made up of those two elements. They're, you know, they're actually like one thing, We just like in the English language, we, we view them as two things, but literally you just have to be at the right place at the right time and you just have to take the agency to take uh, advantage of opportunities.
0: Well stated, my friend. Well stated. So I want to touch on something that you said earlier. You talked about how artists and people in the news had everypedia pages before they had Wikipedia. You compared the two, there was a, a subtle comparison there. Tell
1: me about
0: everypedia.
1: What is it? So, everypedia essentially is, I think, right now it's knowledge on chain. That's essentially what it is in different ways. So, with our original flagship product, Everpedia, that's user-generated knowledge on-chain. On and what I mean by that is, let, like I said, you know, let's say, uh, you know, there's a, anybody can go sign up. Um, you can actually do it now with uh, your email or Facebook login. Um, and you can make a page for yourself. You can make a page for someone you look up to. Um, and that's you creating it. And that's you kind of using the knowledge that you already have about a subject um, and to to contribute to the Everpedia platform. Um, And then the flip side of it, uh, you know, late, you know, last year we came out with our prediction market predict, which is, I I call it future knowledge Uh, people, knowledge, use the knowledge that they already have to make predictions on things and they are rewarded if they're right. And so I think uh, Everpedia and predict are two sides of the same coin where the past knowledge and future knowledge. And I think the third element that ties everything together is where, you know, we're heavily exploring the use of oracles. Uh, we believe, you know, that oracles are definitely, definitely have like a huge future, uh, in blockchain right now. Chainlink uh, is dominating the market with, uh, their price feeds and, and in other areas. But, um, I'm not sure if you know this, but if you read the Chainlink white paper towards the end, uh, there's a one paragraph that says, um, uh, you know, if we had verified organizations, um, sign their data, uh, cryptographically, then that actually, uh, removes a lot of the kind of the utility of these decentralized articles because people trust these verified organizations more. Like I'm talking about big ones, like the New York Times, Washington Post, like imagine if they were, you know, signing the election results or, you know, signing, uh, you know, kind of the end of uh, sports games and stuff. So we're thinking like, hmm, like imagine if we develop uh, a product that, you know, verified organizations can use to cryptographically uh, sign data on chain. And so I, that's something we're exploring heav- heavily, and you should see uh, something about that coming up in, in, in the near future. But I think Everpedia, we're just all about, you know, uh, documenting knowledge on-chain in a decentralized manner. Um, and, yeah, we got, you know, it's, it's crazy to see how much we, we've evolved from our, you know, our, our original start as just encyclopedia and how, like, broad our mission to, can really be.
0: So are you are you do you guys have a native chain or do you reside on like uh, in, like uh, the Ethereum chain?
1: So we're actually uh, based on EOS. Um, and okay. so yeah, um we we chose EOS for a few reasons. One, uh, it just made sense for a consumer product especially in 2017 2018 uh, at the time to build on EOS because, you know, transaction speeds. Uh, we wouldn't be able to run uh on Ethereum in its current state. Um, Ethereum is great for other things. I mean, they're blowing up right now, but it just wasn't great for uh, our encyclopedia. Uh, We also received, you know, a lot of support from the community, you know, from both like people like, you know, community members as well as, you know, big players in in the EOS space. Um, So EOS was just the right fit for us for sure.
0: Outstanding. And do you store the actual documents on EOS or do you use like IPFS?
1: Yes, we actually do use IPFS. If you go to the bottom of every every PDF article, you'll see an IPFS hash.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So you know, it's interesting because Oracles seem to be the craze nowadays. Um I I have done my research on Chainlink. I am a big fan of band. Um and I, I like them both. What's the
1: difference um, between band and chainlink?
0: Honestly, there's no real difference.
1: There's no real difference?
0: Not in my opinion.
1: One's backed by Binance and the other one isn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but they're going to both be backed by something.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Once one big player picks up one, then it's – now it's backed by that.
1: Yeah. For me, the
0: end result – for me, the end result is the same. mm -hmm. The types of information that they're aggregating and providing uh, to – different companies, I just like to play both sides in a war. Yeah. Because someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And if I hedge my bets, (laughs) you know, I'll make that okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I haven't looked into band too much, but you know, Chainlink has been around since 2017. Um, right. I remember just seeing, you know, memes on 4chan about them and, and whatnot. And now they're quite literally the backbone of the DeFi ecosystem. I mean, you have like a, a bunch of protocols like Synthetix, Aave, Compound. They all use Chainlink Oracle feeds. Right. You know, they're, they're a huge part of, you know, they're a foundational building block. Um, one of the original money Legos. I love that term of, of the okay. DeFi ecosystem. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna to don't, don't be surprised if I take that and I use that. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, uh, before this interview, I was just watching, uh, uh, a round, like a panel from a few weeks ago of, you know, uh, synthetics founder, Kane, Andre from Wi-Fi, and Stani from Ave. And they were talking about just, you know, the state of DeFi, uh, and everything. It was fascinating listening to them. And I've heard the term money Legos before, and these guys are kind of the, uh, the, they build the building blocks of the money legos
0: it's kind of slick man yeah i'm going to use that so don't be surprised <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you know we're talking about um defi right now we're talking about oracles and we're talking about prediction markets where do you see the future of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology in the next 3 to 5 years Hey guys, it's your boy Noir. You know we cannot have cigars and crypto without the cigars. So I wanna invite everyone to check out 5under20.com. It's the perfect place on the internet to find all of your cigar five packs for under 20 bucks. Yes, you heard it right. Cigars, five packs under $20. Visit 5under20.com today.
1: That's a great question. Um, I think there's two different futures that we're going to have to deal with. Um, I think I'm an optimist first and foremost, um, so I'm going to both say the the positive future, and um, there's also kind of like a negative flip side as well. So I think the the positive, the optimist optimistic take is DeFi is going to open up banking and financial tools to millions, and if not tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people in the future. Um, because a big problem with banking, traditional banking, is it depends on where you were born and how and like what kind of like what staff uh, class uh, and status you have, um, you know, to access kind of financial tools um, and and credit and everything. It's you know, if you grow up in unfortunate circumstances, you don't realize that. But many people around the world can't access traditional banking. But with efi. Ignore all like the crazy yield farming and ignore all the crazy APYs. Like if it, when it comes down to it, now anybody anywhere in the world can not only uh, access these financial tools, can access credit, can access, you know, uh, uh, interest, uh, but now anybody in the world can make these protocols too. Um, now anybody, you know, with the knowledge can, you know, basically not only just access a bank, but they can like create a, a bank as well. They can like make their own twist to a compound which the cream has they can make their own, a different version of uniswap which sushi swap has tried to do but i'm not sure if they've been it seems like they're kind of dying down i think pickle's very cool though um but i'll get to that later but uh so that's kind of like the positive take of it it's just going to open up finance just you know I, as if bitcoin's magic internet money DeFi's magic internet finance and just going to open it up to the rest of the world especially once uh, we make you know once access to the tools become easier, but the flip side of it. So that's the positive future. The negative future is kind of seeing um we're seeing a you know at the end of the day DeFi is a giant whale game, um, especially with these uh, food coin farming. Like when it comes down to it, you have people or organizations or both um, with millions upon millions of dollars um, in different tokens that are just farming one protocol. Take, sucking up all the capital, dumping it, and then moving on to the rest, and little guys just get dumped on, and then they just get richer and richer and richer and richer. So we have to be very mindful of that and very wary of that because eventually, like these guys are just going to get like too big and too powerful. It may may be happening already if it hasn't happened, but that's something else to keep in mind when you're like playing with these farming protocols. Is if you don't have the capital, you're not going to win. You're going to lose money. Like you probably need a minimum. Honestly, of have like 50K in order to like be profitable in these farming protocols, which, which most, most people don't have. I think when it comes down to it, you know, we kind of have to be mindful of these wells. These wells uh, are here. They're going to exist. But we have to be able to, um, you know, kind of think of ways, you know, to uh, help the little guy out and people that contribute to the ecosystem. That's why I absolutely love what Uniswap did last week with their retroactive airdrop. Um, it rewarded people. Um, if your listeners don't know, rewarded people that were, you know, basically participating in the protocol, uh, being liquidity providers. So I, even if you participated for like five minutes and withdrew, you know, your LP tokens, you still got 400 UNI, which was, I, I think, last time I checked, worth like four or five dollars a token, which is like, you know, a thousand, few thousand bucks, which is like pretty cool. I, I can see retroactive airdrops becoming the norm in the future. I don't think that violates i don't it shouldn't violate securities laws because um you you're performing an action in order to you know get the airdrop it's not like you're just getting an airdrop for no reason so and if you saw with uniswap like six if they 60 of their tokens were retroactively airdrop and it got a bunch of people excited um it kind of you know that was good for the little guy because it didn't matter like it didn't matter how much Token you had is like as long as you participated. So I hope more, there are more, you know, Uniswaps in the future, um, you know, that do those kinds of actions.
0: You know, I have not gotten into the DeFi craze. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm not going to say I'm a maximalist because I'm not. Okay. I am a capitalist, but I only invest in things that I thoroughly understand. Mm-hmm. and i have not learned enough about uniswap and DeFi to kind of jump in
1: yeah i i love i i think uniswap is one of the most brilliant protocols i've ever created because you know part of my job is i work with exchanges about you know getting every PDF listed on exchanges and i also do um you know some trading as well um and The biggest problem, especially with um, low, you know, low cap coins, is liquidity. Liquidity is absolutely the the a priority. It is the most essential if whether your token is going to be successful or or not. And it's kind of like a chicken egg game. Like liquidity liquidity, bequeats more liquidity, and but if you like if you're losing liquidity, kind of like you know, it can go in the opposite direction as well. So what Uniswap figured out. Hayden Adams, the founder, who actually has a PhD in thermodynamics, is: What if we, you know, place that liquidity automatically? Like, what if we just get rid of the order book and just have just liquidity just there? And so they, they came up with the term, you know, with the concept of automated market makers, where you can, where users can deposit their tokens. For example, I can deposit like five hundred dollars worth of ether and $500 worth of Tether and become an LP. And I earn fees for being an LP. And you have a bunch of people do this and now there's just a bunch of liquidity for the ETH-Tether pair. Um, and now you do that with small cap tokens, you know, let's say, um, what's the small cap coin? Let's say, you know, uh, let's say FarmCoin. So FarmCoin is, I think, worth like 5 million, 5 million, or 10 million market cap. You have like a farm ETH pair and you know, you can actually like, if you have a lot of farm, you can actually, you can actually like earn a good amount of fees from that. Um, and it, it's actually, it's it's brilliant, honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. It's what kicked off the DeFi um, kind of bull cycle that we're in now uh, because never before has, uh, you know, liquidity been so available and it's actually so good. In fact, that it's a huge threat to centralized exchanges. So I'll, I'll, I'll this I'll put it this way. Like, I'm sure like Binance and Coinbase are kind of like shaking in their toes right now because look at a YFI first they were on Uniswap. Then they were on Binance. um, And then even Coinbase listed them. Coinbase, they they went from not existing 60 days ago. YFI to being listed on Coinbase and Coinbase pro. Um, They, you know, there's still better liquidity on Uniswap. Um, Binance is up there as well, but you know, it's kind of like, a, in a way it's kind of like a liquidity black hole. Like, you know, liquidity creates more liquidity especially on the uniswap especially like how easy it is to use you know that's i didn't even mention this but like it's a decentralized exchange so you're still like holding your tokens it's like as a user like it's way easier to use um than like having to send your tokens to a centralized exchange waiting for it to deposit then you know having to deal with it you know not owning your keys and stuff like like amms are here to uh, stay and if you look for at the future of AMMs, if you apply that outside of cryptocurrency. So imagine if you have an AMM for you know travel reward points, um, and you can you know trade your Delta miles for American Airlines miles. Like AMMs are you know are here to stay. Like I'm sure there's going they're going to exist um, for things outside of crypto as well.
0: You were reading my mind when when you made that point about. Uh, the exchange being decentralized and you still owning your keys yeah you know that i got into this game in 2014 and i can't tell you how many times i've been scammed out of my bitcoin yeah oh or that's... scammed out of my ether
1: yeah
0: you know participating in something and not understanding that my keys my coins yeah you know, so in a decentralized exchange where I'm into, I'm I'm assuming that you're using like MetaMask or hardware wallet to interface. Yeah, with you.
1: Uh, you can use like, MetaMask, can use your Tracer, you can use your Ledger. Um, super easy to use. Like I like I even got my friend um, who's not even in, who was into crypto past July. Now he's like, now he's like a regular user of Uniswap. He even got the Uniswap airdrop, and in June he didn't even know like the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum.
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, i might have to go ahead and, and do some research man to figure out how to make that work for me
1: yeah it's funny like i i just started learning about DeFi honestly in um probably like may june and there was there was a DeFi conference hosted by dharma in 2019 and hayden adams uh spoke there about like kind of what uniswap is and it was like really interesting and i'm like oh i don't think i'll ever use that i went from like thinking i would never use it to like becoming an lp on it so you know, you kind of just like gradually you get into it more and more and more. Um, I, I like to think of DeFi as kind of like what I hoped Bitcoin to be, but wasn't. So, Bitcoin is great as money. And like people, like, are, when people first talk about Bitcoin, they're like, oh, Bitcoin's going to bank the unbanked and stuff. And I'm just like, well, you know, do you know how to bank works? Does it like earn, in, you know, does it earn, does, can your Bitcoin like earn interest and stuff? Like, yeah. Um, so, I think DeFi is actually the promise of Banking the Unbanked, because it actually has these banking tools that people can use, Um, especially when you get rid of all, like, the hype and crazy APYs and stuff. Like, there's two ways to, like, look at DeFi. There's the short-term game and the long-term game. The short-term game is all these, like, kind of, like, crazy yield farming foods and stuff and, you know, these, like, 6,000% APY. But the long-term game is you're kind of, like, seeing what Uniswap is doing with their kind of liquidity mining yield farming program. Where it's like okay, if you're an LP for a few months, um, you can earn ex- you can earn free UNI UNI tokens. Um, it's just all about getting your what yield farming is. And liquidity, liquidity mining and yield farming are the same thing, by the way. So what yield farming is is just in, uh, aligning incentives of participants uh, with the user product <laughs> with, with 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 the protocol. So Uniswap they want more liquidity for certain pairs. They so say like hey like provide liquidity to these pairs, you earn uni tokens. And so it's, you have to be, it's such like a, it's such a game trying to get right. It's like, how long should you do it? Should your rewards be more at the beginning? If your rewards too much at the beginning, then everybody's going to pull out and moves to the next farm. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of game theory here, but um, if you can get it right, you know, you can really bootstrap your protocol, your platform, um, which I, you know, but a lot of protocols have, like Comp was the first one to do yield farming. Synthetics has a yield farming program, and they aren't sexy or anything, but they just are like, they just are sustainable and work.
0: Are these only for ERC twenty tokens, or do they work cross chain?
1: Um, so they started off on ERC twenty tokens. It started off on Ethereum, but recently um, you saw a few yield farming protocols on Binance Smart Chain. So, Binance launched their own. Binance Smart Chain had their own version of Uniswap called Burger Swap, uh, and they had a liquidity they had a liquidity mining program there, a veo farming program there. Um, I'm sure you're going to go see them on Polkadot as well. You're seeing you're starting to see it on EOS as well with DeFi Box. If you're if you provide liquidity, you get to mine box tokens. Um, so it's and actually it's actually a uh, Better to do it on EOS because there's no fees. <laughs> like with Ethereum, like it was clogging the network so much. Like I think way was like up to like 500 at times. It was the Ethereum network literally became a whale chain because you had to have a bunch of ether to interact with it. I God knows how much money uh, I burned from trying to farm and stuff. I would have just been better off doing nothing. But you know, it's kind of fun being a part of you know this whole this this whole DeFi ground floor come up. I kind of view being a, being a part of DeFi and being part of like the early stages of projects, like <laughs> being part of the early part of projects, similar to, I can't only imagine what it was like to be in the Bitcoin talk forums in 2010, 2011. I feel like it's kind of similar to that.
0: So, so tell me one more time, what was the, what was the uh, platform on EOS that you
1: mentioned? Oh, DeFi Box. And DeFi Box is like EOS's version of Uniswap.
0: Got you. As you can tell, I'm pausing because I'm writing notes. <laughs> the best part of these, these discussions for me. Um, and I think I said this with one of my guests a couple of weeks ago. I get to learn from the smartest people in the industry. And we have these great discussions that other people just happen to overhear. Yeah. So, David, I want to take a moment to thank you so much for joining me today. Tell tell everyone, who listens to me? Where we can find you in every PD online.
1: Yeah, sure. i uh, can find me on Twitter at Dave Said That underscore. Um, I share a lot of DeFi insights, a lot of crypto insights, and sometimes my travels. My name is DeFi Dave on Twitter, at Dave Said That underscore. Uh on Instagram, I'm at Dave doing Things. Um I'm currently on a road trip around America. I've been so for almost three months, so you can catch up on my adventures there. Um Uh, that's dave doing things underscore on instagram then everpedia is at everpedia on twitter or telegrams at everpedia instagrams at everpedia official join us um you know like i said it's so easy to sign up for everpedia um just with your email facebook make a page about yourself um you know join predict be a part of the action there um and we got a lot of exciting things in the the pipeline so hit me up
0: ladies and gentlemen david lebowitz vp business development for Everypedia. My man, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thank you, you, Nuon. Had a lot of fun here. It was a blast, (laughs) right? (laughs)